this month the podcast is sponsored by Book Recos. We've taken the slot to promote our brand new website and email newsletter. Instagram is a very busy place and we don't want anyone missing out on a top reco. So our monthly newsletter recaps some of our favorite reads of the month, our podcast episodes and author interviews, as well as some of the brands we've worked with and the products we've loved so that we can share those all important discount codes with you guys. You're welcome. Just head to www.bookrecos.com to sign up to the newsletter. You'll then receive an email asking you to confirm your subscription. So keep an eye out for that. And of course, everyone subscribed to the newsletter will be the first to find out about lots of exciting projects like the reading retreats. Our jazzy new website also has a blog. We'll be using this space to recap places we've been, books we've read, topics we're interested in, and just any recos we think you guys might be a fan of. So that's www.bookrecos.com to sign up. Welcome to Book Crackos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Crackos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And about a year ago, maybe even to the date, we did an episode about Reese's Book Club and we thought it was time to revisit it as we've been enjoying even more of her picks recently. Yeah, today we're going to chat about a recent buddy read and Reese's pick. True Biz, as well as the club, Lucky and his own wife. Right, Lauren, mm. I'm just going to start this episode by saying that today we are discussing a few of Reese's picks and that if you want to hear us discuss any of the following books I've prepared in a list, oh, well done. go and listen to our episode with um, the title Reese's Book Club and Interview with Flynn Berry. Very catchy one, that is. Um, go and listen to it. So the books that we discussed in the last one are The Last Mrs. Parish. We love that one. Ellen of, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. We, also we love, love that one. The Cactus. We love. Less good version of Eleanor Oliphant. Where the Crawdads Sing. We enjoyed. Little Fires Everywhere. Marvellous. Daisy Jones and the Six. Don't even get me started. Erotic stories for Punjabi widows. You love brilliant. It. Chicken sisters. Love it. A lot of Can't fun. wait for the new book. Yeah. Such a fun age. Masterpiece. The giver of stars. We made a really good Instagram picture of just saying. <laughs> Outlawed. Quest on a horseback. We love to see it. And then, of course, Northern Spy, which we interviewed the author about. It was our first ever author interview as well. And it was with someone in a different time zone. That's very scary. I can't believe we did that. <laughs> and bonus books in that episode, because we were talking about Northern Spy, we also talk briefly about Milkman by Anna Burns and The Troubles with Us by Alex O'Neill, because Jesus. they're both set in Northern Ireland. Kind of bit off more than we could chew with that episode. <laughs> I don't know how we fitted it all in. Um, you, well, you also might not even need to listen to the episode with Jess's marvellous commentary throughout. <laughs> marvellous. <laughs> well done. This is so true. Um, so I reckon we should start with True Biz by Sara Novich because that was our most recent body read. So yes. do you want to drop the synopsis? 
Lauren? I absolutely do. Okay. True biz. The students at River Valley School for the Deaf just want to hook up, pass their history finals and have politicians, doctors and their parents stop telling them what to do with their bodies. The revelatory novel plunges readers into the halls of a residential school for the deaf where they'll meet Charlie, a rebellious transfer student who's never met any other deaf person before austin the school's golden boy whose world is rocked when his sister is born hearing and february the headmistress who is fighting to keep her school open and her marriage intact but might not be able to do both as a series of crises both personal and political threaten to unravel each of them charlie austin and february find themselves inextricably find their lives inextricable from one another and changed forever this is a story of sign language and lip reading disability and civil rights isolation and injustice first love and loss and above all great persistence daring and joy absorbing and assured idiosyncratic and relatable this is an unforgettable journey into the deaf community and a universal celebration of human connection bloody hell that's a lot isn't it (laughs) <laughs> you're on mute mate <laughs> do you know why i went on mute why did because i took such a big slurpy gulp of my drink <laughs> i was like no one wants to stupid um but it is all of those things that little yeah. roundup we had we got a like a synopsis not but i loved it we did um and our buddy read was an interesting one because I actually was in our last episode you talked about how you were really busy listening to audiobooks and I had loads of long drives to do so I did the audiobook of this one yeah which made for an interesting buddy read because I did the audiobook and Lauren read the physical book and Mm -hmm. so there are slight differences because the book wants to make the experiences as inclusive but also informative as possible so Lauren do you want to talk about the physical book yeah okay so Amid the story, there's little breaks to teach the reader about ASL, which stands for American Sign Language. And the start of each chapter has like these little sign diagrams. So you know who the chapters, who that chapter's point of view is. So, for example, when it's Charlie's chapters, there is an illustration of the letter C in sign language at the beginning of that chapter. And then at the end of the chapters, there were these like lessons about sign language and demonstrations of how to say certain phrases and, you know, almost like a little bit of homework, like now go and practice this or try and say this. So it was really educational too. Um, The only thing I would say, and I'd love to hear what it was like for you, Jess, with the audiobook. In the physical book, I did sometimes find it a little bit confusing because for example, on one side of the page, like say the left-hand side would was verbal speech to signify when somebody is verbally talking. And if somebody was replying in sign, it was written on the right-hand side of the page in italics. Mm-hmm. So the text was very broken up. It was almost like there were like two margins down the page and you had to go from one side to the other side and you know, it got a little bit confusing to remind myself, okay, who's saying that and how are they saying it? But I I equally think that was an incredible thing to do because 
it, it made you think there was no alternative. You had to just get on board with yeah. understanding that somebody is communicating non-verbally. Yeah. Um, and so in the audiobook, mm. it's all spoken. Okay. Like when someone's signing, I was hearing what they were saying, but there yeah. was this like almost crackly background noise that I would hear every time there was dialogue. Um, and I guess that's because like they, so they start the audiobook. Um, by saying that, like in this audiobook, the author has recorded the sound of signed ASL oh, dialogue. Yeah. Um, and it's to compensate for the flattening of American Sign Language, which is a three dimensional language, and they're trying to make it two dimensional in a book. Mm. Um, and so those sort of lessons with the homework, I still got as well. It was a different narrator. So it's narrated by a woman and then a man cuts in to like explain things. And talk uh, about, like, okay, like those lessony bits. Yeah. So obviously he doesn't, you can't see the diagrams of what the hands should be doing, but he explains like okay. the way that sentences are formed and things like that. Got you. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. So like I said, I learned so much reading this book which I think is why I enjoyed it so much and and growing up because of my brother I did learn a bit of sign language because my brother has Down syndrome and when he was young he was late to talk um so when I was born we started learning sign just in case you know later in the line Chris was non-verbal or you know people would struggle to understand him we had like signs that we learned um so, but I, what I, so I knew that ASL is different to British Sign Language (BSL). Um, but what I didn't know was that ASL was more like French Sign Language, uh, which I found really interesting. Yeah, and that was one of those things that we learned from the lessons rather than the plot. Yes, yes, exactly. that narrator was like, yeah. "Did you know?" Mm. Um, and yeah, I actually, my mum did an evening class of sign language and like got a qualification in it so she used to teach me it and I just think it should be like even if it's just the alphabet every like they should teach it in schools like when I was a ballet teacher I um, had a new student come and her mum told me that she was deaf and just from me being able to be like hello my name is Miss Jessica and like do that I watched this mum's shoulders relax and this child smile and I was like I really don't know much more than that but at least there's just that that one sort of level and it, they talk a bit about in the book about the difference between spelling words and signing words yes yeah even if you have to just spell spell some words what a door opener like I just yeah. think it should be mandatory in like all education I know absolutely because and, and it also it's just a, it's a, it's universal as well yeah so that you know, the sign for dancing, yes, there are ASL and BSL, but, you know, it's, it's, would be so helpful for, you know, hearing people too, if you all knew like the basis of sign, but you don't speak the language when you're traveling, you could just sign some yeah. things as well. <laughs> That's so you? true. If you don't speak Spanish, but you do you can sign. Still, but dancing yeah. is dancing, is dancing in yeah. sign. Um, um, I, one thing that this book really opened my eyes to as well was the experience of the deaf community and like that yeah. community feel, which I really did not appreciate enough before reading this. Yeah. And like, they talk a lot about how, um, 
by trying to get people to have like cochlear implants or like all these new medical ways of making Mm. people actually be able to hear which we think are amazing of course who would want to hear like we're giving you a way to be able to communicate with others some or most people in the deaf community see that as a way of them being stripped of their identity and it's almost shutting down the deaf community because the less people that can't hear the less need there is for sign language and I found that so interesting same and and the of the author obviously isn't saying there's one right way or wrong way to be deaf the author Mm. we should say in case we haven't already she is deaf um so she's not saying cochlear implants are good or bad she's just like sort of laying the foundation of this is you know these are these are the scenarios um and so for example charlie can speak she's verbal but she can't hear which totally put my hands up had no idea that that you know i i was totally ignorant to that somebody could be deaf but can could speak um and she when she was born her parents had um put her under surgery to receive the cochlear implants but they never worked and instead of just accepting that you know they they that she wouldn't hear through these devices and teaching her sign language her parents just kept pushing you know the doctors to find a solution for the cochlears um so it comes to be that I think it she Charlie's like 17 when she goes to the school the the deaf school River Valley is it yeah and um she's never learned sign language before which meant she's never met another deaf person before and she's never had to communicate with somebody who is deaf just like she is um so she starts to learn sign language as soon as she joins the school um, and it becomes this really liberating experience for her because it's just a new way to communicate. And it's almost like a whole new world has opened up for her. And there was a quote in the book where February, the head teacher, says, um, it's so damn depressing that the biggest dream that some people can muster up for their child is to look normal. Mm. And that just really, I don't know, I just, that, I got chills as soon as that, um, as soon as I read that in the book, partly because of my brother, Chris, as well. Yeah. Because it's so right. Like a lot of people do waste their time with trying to look whatever normal is instead of actually just helping them to get along in the world as best they can and give them the tools to, you know, yeah. in this case was sign language. To be the person that they are born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like the whole thing is just so eye-opening and what I was naive to was the black deaf experience because yes, we learned through, I'm so glad you mentioned that um there's a character called Kayla um and she's not one of the leading characters but she also does have a chapter of her own at one point which is kind of about yeah. this when it gets brought up and it's because um Austin signs the word chicken differently to how she signs the word chicken and she's like this is BASL which is black American sign language and like they have their own ways of doing things. And I guess that was from back in the days of segregation. Yeah. They, of course, were learning different things. And what like hits home about this chapter is that Charlie 
is like so shocked that racism exists within the deaf community she's like we're already a marginalized group like but it's a safe space so we all know each other and Kayla's like no 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 like it's even worse for us yeah and I found it so interesting and then the like lesson that you get so from me the male narrator that one wasn't about specific signs it went really deep into the history of the black deaf experience um, which then like just forms Kayla as a character it forms more Mm. about Charlie and like you see her trying to be more inclusive moving forward and I just thought it was so clever I had no idea I know I know and um I guess the whole the moral of this book is the author yes there's a great storyline but the author is also one trying to educate people on the deaf experience but two raising awareness that of a very existing problem particularly in the US US that these deaf schools are being closed down and deaf communities are being um separated and deaf children are having to go into mainstream schools which impacts their learning um which you know makes them different to everybody else it just makes their lives harder so she is also commenting on you know with the the government cuts to um you know schools like this a huge population and community are worse off and in the and in the author's note at the end she sort of lists all oh my of God, the closures such a long list such a long list and the majority of them are black deaf schools that are being closed and have been closed um yeah. repeatedly since i think the 60s yeah oh it was it was really good and i did like it's um in it's its very essence, different. It's, it's a coming of age novel, really, yeah. like about these different characters and how they sort of overlap. But it's so much more than a coming of age story. Yeah, so much more to it. And I would urge everybody to go and read it just so you do get a perspective that isn't spoken about enough. And we definitely wouldn't have heard about this if it weren't for Reese's book club. No, no, exactly. And um, what it has done is and can't believe we didn't think about it before shame on us it was be like our podcast isn't accessible <laughs> to deaf yeah. people like deaf people I'm assuming are not listening to this podcast yeah in, in a way that they can reading it yeah yeah actions. and we've looked into it and actually we were trying to see how we can get transcripts on Spotify and on Apple podcasts and that is not clear and that's convoluted mm. and has not been made easy I mean obviously we don't have two things that are easy for us but you'd think that it they should find ways to make yeah. it easy so that pe- more people do it yeah so that more people can consume that content or whatever totally. it is like and it I think is the down- issue is it comes at a premium you yeah. have to pay to be able to make your podcast accessible which is just so wrong yeah which we gladly will we will pay for it but will other but people you know like yeah exactly it, it should just be within though <laughs> I think I think you're yeah I I just don't think it oh, it's just so wrong <laughs> anyway. um but every day's a school day so that yes. was it's good to learn yeah absolutely so please do go out and um read this book it's or fantastic. listen to it or listen to this book it's fantastic um where should we go right. to next we I do think... have another buddy read Well, I was going to suggest because I know you recently read it. So maybe we should talk about it while it's fresh in your mind. One that you read solo. 
Um, and was... I'm assuming from the cover, which is the club, it's yes. the different vibes to True Biz. Which I just sort of guessed. Okay, off yeah. you go. Okay. <laughs> the floor so, is yours. <laughs> thanks. The Club by Ellery Lloyd. Fun fact, um, Ellery Lloyd is a fictional person because this book was written by two people, a husband and wife. Ooh. Um, so that I you you couldn't have told you couldn't have told, told, told. told. You couldn't have told. <laughs> Anywho, here's the snap. Everyone's dying oh to join. Oh, Siri's trying to get involved. Back off. <laughs> he doesn't understand. All right, that's great. Everyone's dying to join. The home group is a glamorous collection of celebrity members clubs dotted around the globe where the rich and famous can party hard and then crash out in five-star suites far from the prying eyes of fans and media. The most spectacular of all is Island Home, a closely guarded, ultra-luxurious resort just off the English coast. And it's a three-day launch party is easily the most coveted A-list invite of the decade. But behind the scenes, tensions are at breaking point. The ambitious and expensive project has pushed the home group CEO and his long-suffering team to their absolute limits. All of them have something to hide and that's before the beautiful people with their own ugly secrets even set foot on the island. As tempers fray and behaviour worsens, as things get more sinister by the hour and the body count piles up, some of Island Home's members will begin to wish they'd never made the guest list. Is it a bit like a Lucy Foley vibe? It is and it isn't. Um, okay. It's done way better. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Do tell. Because um, I soon I, I wanted to read this book, but and where I I actually bought it at Waterstones, and when I bought it, the guy at the till said, "Oh, have you read Lucy Foley's book?" It's very similar, and I kind of like. Ooh, I, was like <laughs> I did enjoy Lisa Bowie's book, but uh, this was just done. I don't know. It just felt meatier, and felt more sinister and less obvious where the plot was going. Do you know what I've like just realised? Go on. I'm pretty sure that a Lucy Foley book has been a Reese's Book Club pick. I yes, you're right. Was. How interesting is that, that she's chosen like kind of a similar vibe again? Very, very true. Anyway, as you were. <laughs> um, I just really liked how it very slowly unraveled because it starts by you finding out that two people died during the opening night of this club, which is on a remote island somewhere off the UK. And it flicks back and forth between a long form news article about what happened that weekend as like this investigative journalist sort of unravels the plot and some of the guests who attended were interviewed in that article and then it switches to the weekend is actually happening and it was just done so perfectly so you only found out about something that happened on the weekend and then you see that in the next part of the article that you read so it gave it away to you at the most perfect timing so you only ever knew as much as you knew. needed to know yeah. to progress the plot, which was just done brilliantly. And yeah, I just really liked the concept. Like it was all of these A-list celebrities and they weren't allowed their phones on the, there strict no phones allowed on the island because celebs can just let loose and do all the, you know, sneaky things, things that they that get up to do. without <laughs> you know the daily mail reporting it the next day 
so yeah it was really good um obviously I'm not going to give anything away because it's a bit of a thriller a bit of a whodunit but yeah you find out that two people die during this weekend and but you don't know who so Mm. it's just like so when you're reading it you're like oh which one of them is it who dies and you slowly start to see how people on the up island know each other and how they're interlinked which yeah. is very clever loved it if you're looking for a thriller great. i'd really recommend this one great reco you've even sold it to me <laughs> love it um okay shall we move on to another buddy read we're break we're doing buddy yeah. solo buddy yeah. solo yeah oh yeah like that um and also maybe a good segue because our next buddy read was Lucky by Marissa Stapley and it kind of has thriller vibes but also not yeah thrillers. interesting yeah um should I drop snot you're on a roll I'm third on a roll. one go okay what if you had the winning ticket that would change your life forever but you couldn't cash it in Lucky Armstrong is a tough, talented grifter who has just pulled off a million-dollar heist with her boyfriend, Carrie. She's ready to start a brand new life with a new identity when things go sideways. Lucky finds herself alone for the first time, navigating the world without the help of either her father or her boyfriend, the two figures from whom she's learned the art of the scam. When she discovered that a lottery ticket she bought on a whim is worth millions, her relation is tempered by one big problem. Cashing in the winning ticket means she'll be arrested for her crimes. She'll go to prison with no chance to redeem her fortune. As Lucky tries to avoid capture and make a future for herself, she must confront her past by reconciling with her father, finding her mother who abandoned her when she was just a baby, and coming to terms with the man she thought she loved, whose dark past is catching up with her too. This is a novel about truth, personal redemption, and the complexity of being good. It introduces a singularity gifted multi-layered character who must learn what it means to be independent and honest before her luck runs out. It's a good premise. Yeah, this. it is, isn't it? When Reese uh, like described it, I was like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds great." And I so loved reading about different methods of scamming people. Me too. And I don't know what that says about me, but like, I learned some new ones I hadn't seen in films <laughs> or TV before. Like, what can you remember? There was one where she um, she went into like a Seven Eleven type place, and yeah. she did something clever with money. Where oh uh, yeah, she like asked for change back or she was like side of hands yeah it was like can you split a 50 or something and like or whatever it was and I was like oh I haven't seen that one done in the films yeah we'll try try that one (laughs) no it's more that it makes you aware to scam I guess because I think I'm probably quite a trusting person but now I'll be like no I won't split that 50 for you (laughs) (laughs) there's also a point where she like just cracks the lock on um somebody's bike so she can steal a bike and she mentions how you, you do that by listening to mm. the clicks and they make different noises. And, uh, and when I read that, I was like, hmm, how come I've not learned that? I should learn that. And then I was they like, you teach oh, you <laughs> you're getting away with yourself here. You're so caught up in Lucky's world that you think this yeah. is a life skill that you need to know how to <laughs> hack a lock. Um, but it was good. Do you know what? I was so surprised. It was like only 200 pages. Mental. Loved it. It was such a quick read yeah <laughs> could have had more but equally like did you feel the ending was rushed I always do with thrillers yeah okay. I've said this on the podcast before but it really winds me up because my feedback in creative writing classes 
was to not speed your endings up. Uh, no, I just was like here for the ride on this. Okay. And I loved how it was like between past and present. Like I yeah. really loved hearing about her childhood with her dad on the run. And like actually when they nearly have a normal family at one point, like my heart oh, broke. Yeah. Like I just yeah. wanted a stable life for Lucky. <laughs> same, same. Um, gosh, no, I really, I really did enjoy it. It was like a perfect read, like to an in-between read because it was so short. It's like a, it was a palate cleanser, I'd, yeah. I'd say. Oh, do you know um, what? I read it on my um, book a day lockdown, uh, not lockdown, oh, when, when I had COVID oh, and good. I was doing a book a day, they were all like about 200 pages. So I was like, like he's going in the mix. Nice. Yeah. And it, I loved it. And I loved speeding through it. I don't think I'll keep thinking about it in the way that I will do with True Biz. But that said, I would quite like to read the author's backlog because in her author's note, she said that Taylor Jenkins Reid was one of the authors who read her, read the chapters and was like giving her ongoing feedback throughout. And you kind of got that vibe that it was very like... How the fuck like, does she do that? I know. <laughs> um, yeah, she was like one of her mentors, basically. Dreaming. so I now want to read her backlist to find out what else she's writing about yeah and I did think that Lucky is like such a perfect holiday read like oh, yeah, perfect for by the pool or on the beach because it's like unputdownable short fast chapters yeah yeah they're just like consume it on a sunbed type thing agreed so if her other ones are like that I'm there for them agreed yeah all right do you want to hit us with our next book I will I'll speeding this through this, this one. love it oh my chest um so I'm rewinding us back to last summer. Oh so God, bear with me here. Mm. So I'm going to chat about His Only Wife by Peace Adzomedi, which I loved. Um, so here is the snob. Afi is a young seamstress living in a small town in Ghana with her widowed mother. Afi's future doesn't seem to hold much excitement. Until, that is, she is offered a life-changing opportunity, a proposal of marriage from the wealthy family of Elikem. She barely knows Elikem, but that seems a small price to pay for a marriage that could offer her family financial security, as well as the key to the glitzy city lifestyle she's always wanted. But when Afi arrives in Accra, she realises that her fairy tale ending might not be all that she'd hoped for. Now she must balance the often conflicting roles of wife, daughter, niece and sister-in-law without losing sight of herself. Bursting with warmth and humour, His Only Wife is a witty, smart and moving comedy of manners about the search for independence and the rules that might have to be broken along the way. Ooh. And I remember before I read it, everyone was like, oh, it's like crazy rich Asians. And I get why people do that. Um, it's got a lot of wealth. Okay. It's got a lot of family getting in people's business like okay. everyone seems to have a say in Afi's life and she's just sort of like trying to appease her mother yeah. trying to be a good wife um to a man that is it a spoiler to say she's his only wife let's say we'll oh. leave it at that which is the title of the book so I don't think it's a spoiler um <laughs> and so she's she wants to be a good wife she's also kind yeah. of dealing with like his family, her own family, who need money and support and whatever because of yeah. her dad um, not being around anymore. And so I get the crazy with Jason's thing. Okay. But it's like, 
it's so much more than that. Like they're completely different. They are completely different. And it's so, so good. Um, for me, Afi is like a perfect protagonist. She's like really kind and eager to please, which is like sometimes just nice to read about, but she yeah. also is able to stand up for herself, which I love. Okay. And like she really comes into her own throughout the book because she is such a people pleaser and it kind of takes a while to be like, I am the wife. Like, yeah, this has all been set up for, for this reason. Um, and like uh, her husband isn't even there for the wedding. They're able to like get married without him being there. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, huh. but actually <laughs> I found the relationship to be really believable. And like, even though it is a, um, what's the word? Arranged marriage. Like, oh, okay. There are feelings there. And like, I really believe oh, the way right. that Afi felt. And I really believe the way that he felt. And I really loved how it played out. Um, and it was, I feel like it was only about 300 pages. So again, it was like really quick yeah. to get through. And like, there's so many relatives and family politics. And I loved it. I thought it was so, so good. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think it was last summer I read a hardback and like it then came out in paperback the month after. And it was one of the books that matter books um, for their like summer books. Um, so now it's out in paperback and it's been for ages. Um, you should definitely all read it. <laughs> Crack on. Um, that does sound brilliant. And I, whilst you were saying that as well, I was actually thinking, although we've spoken of a few books today of Reese's Picks, in between last year's episode and this one, we obviously have reviewed a few more of Reese's Book Club Picks yes. on the pod already. Um, off the top of my head, we've got Seven Days in June, Paper Palace, which we spoke about in our Books of Summer 2021 episode. Mm. And We Were Never Here, which we discussed in an episode last year called Reading Update. Oh, yes. I remember that discussion where we nearly outed ourselves for like helping each other bury dead bodies and things. Yeah. <laughs> that I phrased that Secret wrong. Discussion. We haven't buried any dead bodies. <laughs> but we, we would help one another. We, we, we have well. the means to... Yeah. Yeah, we have the will to help <laughs> should should it be required. I don't know that we have the means, but yeah, we're definitely up for the challenge <laughs> should the other one call on us. Um, yeah, you know, Reese can do no wrong. We love she's, her. We love she's her She's got picks. a good eye. Um, and so does Pandora. That's why we are working with Pandora's books because they're just two public figures who you can just trust. Guarantee they're going to give you a good reco, much like your, your old pals, Jess and Lauren over here. <laughs> um, I really enjoy yeah, that we're no. all blonde. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We're like sisters. We've got a club. We've got a club. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, they, you can just really trust that they are going to give you a solid reco and a book. You'll enjoy the book. They just, they've, they got it down their selection process down to a T. Um, so as a reminder, if you do want to sign up for Pandora's Books subscription, just head to www.pandorasbooks.com. Co.uk. Co.uk. <laughs> and use code RECOS10 for 10% off. R-E-C-C-O-S-1-0. 10% off. Well done, Lauren. You're always so good at the plug. I love it. Oh. And that was seamless, if I that do say so seamless. myself. I didn't know that was coming, and I loved it. <laughs> Neither did I. Um, 
let's wait and see what Reese chooses for us. Do you know what we haven't talked about? Oh, hit me. Right. Uh, the day that we we interviewed Bonnie Garmus about lessons in chemistry. Oh, yeah. Reese. So we interviewed Bonnie like the day before publication day, and then our podcast episode went out. And um, Reese did a clue being like, can you guess oh. our our pick for next month yes Um, we're announcing it tomorrow and she she quite often will choose one and then like on publication day in the the u.s so i was like oh my god the clue was a formula for love and i was like lauren it's lessons in chemistry yeah i know it has to be lessons in chemistry a formula for love and it's coming out tomorrow. All signs are leading to Levinson's chemistry. I was like, Lauren, can you even believe it? Like we've chosen it before, Reese. <laughs> and it was true biz. And I was gobsmacked. I was like, I actually can't yes. believe lessons in chemistry. How is formula for love true biz? I've no idea. And then I al- I've almost been thinking over time, like, did they change it? Was it? Minute? <laughs> and they forgot to change the clue. <laughs> yeah. They did. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, because Bonnie's book, Lessons in Chemistry, this is well up there. It should be a Reese's pick, shouldn't it? It was, especially because, oh, do you know why? And it's why? Maybe because it's not Reese that's adapting it. Well, she needs to get her priorities in order then. <laughs> because. But it's such a Reese pick. It it all signs were leading that way. I really thought I'd crack the code. Oh, but it wasn't, but it's fine. Um, and if you haven't listened to that, episode yet I definitely think that is an interview that you would enjoy without having read the book oh like, yeah 100 for me I probably would wait to listen to an author interview until I'd read it for myself but I think that one almost works it works both ways mm. yeah well it's all no spoilers so yeah if you're I think just in the mood to get hyped up for a book then listen to our podcast basically <laughs> great shot Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it means the world to us. And you could always share us with your own reading body too, couldn't you? And if you don't already, then you can follow us on Instagram at BookBuckos for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. See you next week. We'll be here.